In a world where entertainment is randomly scattered across Wikipedia, and no one can be sure of anything. Citation needed! Two men stand alone. They are Ben Graw, I'm Earth's last hope, and Garth Remington. Does it come with a pickle or is that extra? And word on the street is, they're gonna clean up Wikipedia. Yo, I heard word on the street is, they gonna clean up Wikipedia. And while they're fighting a tide of information, their fans are fighting tides of hot girls hitting on them. You listen to Wiki Review? That's hot. But sometimes you have to go off page to get the job done. I got the internet breathing down my neck because you're rogue hot shot rating system! This isn't a podcast. This is the Wiki Review. So what happened? Like, how did that conclude after you were like a horrible racist on stage? We give out some weird advice on this podcast. This is the moment, dude. This is why we met. Hello and welcome to Wiki Review. I'm Ben Graw. I'm Garth Remington. And on this episode, I think Garth is trying to make me look like an idiot because he's picked a page that I can't even really pronounce the title off. I think it's Adik Pok Chua. Is that right? I don't know. You picked it. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, I didn't pick it. This is actually a viewer suggestion. Yeah, yeah, we had a long time ago when we first started, one of our longest and most faithful listeners sent through a message saying, hey, do this page. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't even know what the fuck that is. I don't really give a shit. But, well, we've gone through a few and I'm kind of out of ideas. And I thought, let's take a risk, right? Let's do something. Let's look at Atipokcha. Atipokcha? Atipokcha? That doesn't sound right. I think I'm closer. Adipocia? No, that, that's way off. It's either way off or like totally accurate, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm saying it phonetically. That's how I pronounce anything that looks complicated. Yeah, you, you seem like a phonetic guy. Well, it's also known as corpse wax, grave wax, and more. Mortuary wax. So Ew. gross, yeah. That's what? Ew. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Before we go on with your like gross grave wax thing though. My thing. <laughs> your thing. It's your thing. <laughs> it's our faithful listeners and we re- love them and respect them. But what is your thing, Ben? Well, I recently got informed and I'll put this up on the TV for you here. Apparently there is somebody's done a list. Great Australian podcasts. There is somebody out there who is collecting a list of great Australian podcasts. Oh, wow. And really? On this podcast, I have been informed that somebody has nominated Wiki Review. Was it you? It wasn't me. What? That's the thing. No, no fucking way. Wait, yeah. What? What? Is this real? Are you are you fucking with me right? Like, like, if this is like a scam, you need to tell me right now. No, a little while ago, they hit me up on Instagram as like a whole Wiki reviewers made this list. This list of great Australian podcasts, and I'm like, how did they know we were Australian and great? Wow, like it's obvious how great we are, but now we're Australian too. Hey. Well, that means that they listen to us, right? I think someone does. Like, someone had to nominate us because I'll see if I can find here. I did sort of do a little look. So, they have here that the great Australian podcast, you have to submit it. It has to be someone Australian. I have at least one Australian host on it. And they have that, but I didn't submit that. And 
I know you didn't because you wouldn't know how to. Yeah, I don't know that's a thing. And if I did, I still probably wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> so someone's gone and found this. And put us on there. That's pretty fucking cool. So you can click on wiki review. And there's us. There's us. Oh, wowzers. So we are a great Australian podcast. What's well, about damn time? <laughs> 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 That's what I thought too And shout out to like GreatAustralianPodcast.com Because you have Superb taste in podcasts I must say Yeah clearly Just from this We know that you have Good judgement You know what Australian and great And podcasts are Oh my god This is the best news ever So I'm hoping this Translates into Actual like Views and stuff If you found out About us through The Great Australian Podcasts Hey Thank you Yeah contact us um, Facebook Find us on Facebook Or all the stuff we'll, all the, It's all in the show notes Yeah and they put it up on our Great Australian Podcast page too. You can find all the links to everything on there. It's awesome. Oh, wicked. Oh, that's so cool. Somebody filled stuff out for us, Garth. You know, I always wanted to be famous, but I never imagined I'd be someone filled out a form for us famous. I know, right? It's like this next level. Like, people would be happy to listen to me. I like to think that we're funny and entertaining. At least we try to. Yeah. (laughs) That's the idea. But I never thought someone would be like, you know what? I'm going to like write something down. I'm going to submit a document (laughs) that's like someone doing your tax return for you that would be awesome imagine someone's like oh my god i heard your podcast can i do your tax return for you yes yes absolutely that hits you right in the (laughs) the heart doesn't it that's not like you know i want to give you a gift that i you know i stole from work or like hey can i hang out with you guys because that's kind of a reciprocal thing this is just a yes you can file my tax return cool whoever did that you're a legend the funny thing with knowing you is i've known about this for a little while but I've been waiting till <laughs> we can actually sit down and do a recording. You wanted to catch my reaction. Yeah, exactly. No, good call. <laughs> so we are a great Australian podcast, sir. Congratulations. And congratulations <laughs> to you too, sir. I'd say we earned it. We really did. Oh, that's awesome. Good on us. I especially like the part where we didn't do anything because that's kind of our style, <laughs> I dare say. I wonder if there's any other lists out there that we've made it on. If we're on some list, not like a do not enter their house list or anything like that. You know, not like a police watch list. But if we're on a list that you know of, let us know. Like email it in, podcast, or Facebook or whatever you do to contact us all in the show notes. I think this is the first positive list that I've ever been on. <laughs> I've been on lists before, but it's never been a good thing until now. Yeah, I mean, I've had participation against my name a lot. I've been on, yeah, do not return call lists. I've been blocked. (laughs) That's the thing that weirds me out though with the podcast and we noticed this when we first started doing it is that we would pop up on podcast apps that we had never heard of before. Mm, It just gets absorbed into them and so you google our podcast or our names Mm. and it comes up with Player FM or Podbean or something and you go what the fuck is that? Well I don't know but we're famous on it. Because I even look at like the stats and they're rough but apparently iTunes is a very small percentage of our listeners. Yeah, yeah, you've, you've shown me the pie chart before. Yeah, a lot of it falls under other. And other is this generic, what's other? What is other? It could be anything. <laughs> there's iTunes and then there's a couple of other ones that show up. Direct download. Yeah, direct download shows up. So if people go to our website, humidor.com.au. <laughs> yeah, 
Yes, that's the website. Why'd you phrase it like a question? Because I was asking a question. I don't know. <laughs> you fill me with hope that, like, I say it on every episode, just hoping <laughs> that the people will stick in people's mind, but it doesn't even stick in your mind. Well, I've already got it, like, on my internet history, I, in my favorites. I know how to get there. It's like, you know how every time we bring someone over here to record, I have to, like, ask you for your address again? I know where you live. I just don't know the address. <laughs> it's exactly the same with the website. I know where it is as long as I'm on my computer. I just don't know the address. If someone said, how do you find it? I'd say, I don't know, Google Humidor. And in fact, guys, Google Humidor. Whatever Ben says, do that. But Google Humidor if you forget. It's that simple. <laughs> All right. Yay us. Oh, that was something I want to bring up with you. Um, I haven't told you about my mum's euthanasia, have I? This is a weird way to tell me your mum died. <laughs> no, no, no. You got you to hear this. It's hilarious. <laughs> okay, so I'm over at my mum's house and I'm going through uh, the back cupboard, which it's around the gun safe. So there's a lot of different things. Like, you know, there's like gun scopes and things like things that don't have to be in the safe are around it. Plus there's like my dad has these little like model army dudes that he painted. That's what I was going through because um, since he passed away that I'm the only one who really cares about them. So I'm going going through them and no one's been in this area of this back cupboard thing for like in this specific part of the cupboard for years so I'm going through it and I move this thing and there's this bottle and I pull it out because I don't know what this bottle is and it says in big letters on it euthanasia okay so I look at it I'm like that's a weird thing to find it is a weird thing to find yeah yeah generally like I don't think anyone who's listening now can honestly say they found a bottle that's labeled euthanasia what's even funnier is underneath it uh, it says animal medicine so it's oh. it's farm stuff, right? Oh, so it's for euthanizing animals. Yeah, yeah. I totally clickbaited you, didn't I? Yeah. But I do like that it's called medicine for animals. Like, <laughs> it's not medicine. It kills them. So I'm like, that's pretty funny, right? And I look at it and the bottle's like got kind of like chunks on the top and like, like it looks like it might have like molded over inside the bottle. So I'm like, oh, it must have been there for a long time. So I go out to my mom who's doing her stuff around the house. I'm like, this will be funny. I go, hey, mom, look what I found. She's like, oh, I was looking for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we put it away five years ago, but I was looking for it just last week because I needed to, like, put down an animal. I thought because she knew you were coming over. (laughs) And she's like, I need to get out of this visit somehow. It's time. Oh, that boy ain't right. (laughs) I'm like, well, Mom, it's got, like, chunks. Like, you know, it's, like, solidified on the top. She's like, oh, no, it's just a mixture. You just shake it up. It's fine again. All right, so my mom was really happy that I found this bottle of euthanasia. Wasn't it animal medicine? Animal medicine. I like that they put that on the bottle like they're going to trick the animal. (laughs) Like Like the animal's going to go like, oh, thank God, it's only medicine. Uh, Oh, no, no, dude, I'm fine. I'm not... Okay, actually, I am sick. It's just like... Because it looks like a big cough medicine bottle with euthanasia written on it. Oh, my God, never get a cold at your mom's place. Exactly. (laughs) Although if the animal reads it and goes animal medicine, oh, it's fine. Because animals can read English, but they don't have a big vocabulary. (laughs) They understand medicine and animal, but euthanasia's... That's too big. Well, then you could just put euthanasia on the bottle and they wouldn't know what it is. Well, then they'd be like, well, what's this mysterious bottle you're trying to feed me? Just write milk. <clears throat> and underneath it, like, in really elaborate words, say not really milk. It's for animals. We're trying to trick them because they're mm. dumb. Though I think even if euthanasia medicine is expired, I mean, what's the worst that can happen, right? That's what I thought. It doesn't go off. In fact, my mum was very clear on that. It doesn't go off. It, it's poison. It, it kills, kills you. Things. Yeah. What's it going to do? Kill you more? Or get you really tripped out before you die? Which, like, if you're going to go out, like, may as well, like, do it like an acid trip, right? <laughs> like a cow, like, going off its brain. What animal did your mum need to put down? A sheep. Was it not well? I assume so. Or was she just bored? <laughs> oh, no, she just wanted to kill a sheep. <laughs> 
What's it to you? If it's been euthanized with that stuff, can you eat it then? Uh, I'm going to say no. Because I would think not. So wouldn't it be better to just go like, well, we need to kill this sheep. Well, why don't we just like kill it and eat it? Yes, there was something wrong with it. Like maybe it had worms or something. It was probably in pain. You probably wouldn't want to eat it. It was probably the kind of sheep that you don't want to eat the meat of anyways. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> But generally, yeah, if something's being poisoned, even if someone said it was safe, I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> like, that's why at the abattoirs, they don't just, you know, feed them cyanide. <laughs> it is a painless death. He was poisoned this morning. No, at the abattoirs, don't they have like that creepy nail gun sort of thing that just punctures them in the head? Yeah, that air compressor goes... And yeah. then, yeah, it, like, puts a nail in their head that immediately goes back in the gun. Yes. Which, I like the idea of someone going, like, you, know, you bring out your axe to chop the head off an animal. And, like, that's so cruel. You can't do that. All right, well, lethal inject it. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, chop its head off. <laughs> I'm eating meat, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those people who I don't want to see where it comes from. Don't care, don't want to know. Yeah, I'll be honest, it doesn't add to the flavor. <laughs> no, I, I think hamburgers taste great not knowing where they come from. Especially hamburgers, yes. I'm even... Even in denial, sort of, that I don't even make the connection between cows and hamburgers. I'm like, no, nah, they're separate things. <laughs> I like hamburgers for a completely different reason. I don't like my food to fight me. I like hamburgers because it's essentially pre-chewed. It is. It's ground up. It's held together by grease. <laughs> it slides down the gut. You put it in your mouth. If you just put a hamburger in your mouth, it would dissolve into nothing but just like meat bits. You could swallow a hamburger whole. It'd sort itself out. Like steak, you gotta get a knife. You gotta hold it in place with a fork. You gotta saw at it. Then you gotta chew and chew and chew. And oh, if there's a bit of fat, oh, it's yeah, it's it's a real bit of work. <laughs> and if someone puts like chili on it, then it's hot. I don't want it to fight me. I just want it to slide down my gullet like I'm a baby eating wet soggy bread. The sandwich design is a good design for a food though probably what i think is the best yes. i could live on eating sandwiches and spins on it like hamburgers like put anything between two slices of bread even things like a taco or burrito is kind of sandwich like it's cornbread oh there is actually a thing called cornbread i didn't put that together that mm. until i said it but that's actually like corn it's tortillas yeah it's a tortilla but it's, it still works yeah that, that counts it's basically an edible napkin that we're talking about here <laughs> ice cream cones the waffle waffle cone that still yeah. technically counts any sort of handheld food where you don't need cutlery is awesome even pizza is a pretty good design. Pizza is one that it seems like a good design, but there's no way you can eat a pizza without getting your hand greasy as fuck. No, that is true. Especially when you're trying not to get grease all over you. So you try and grab it at the base, like at the crust, and then you try and lift it up and then all the topping just falls off it because it's not structurally sound. So the tip always falls down. Pizza is poorly designed if you're trying to keep your hands clean. What if you like eat it from the other end? What if you ate it crust first? Would that work? But then you're putting your fingers directly into the cheese. <laughs> so no. No, it doesn't. But you can balance it on your hand. What you do is you get two taco shells, put them over your hands. Then you can pick up the pizza all you want. I do like those nacho bowls where the bowl is edible too. That's pretty cool. But that's a nerve wracking thing to me because essentially like the thing you're dipping in it is the bowl. But then you don't want to be at the end where you've just got all these dry chips because that's a waste. I get very anxious eating a nacho bowl. If that makes you very anxious, then you are not a very like adventurous person. No, I'm not. No, no I don't like a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle the pressure of the nacho bowl. Like, I'd fight a bull. I'd fight a giraffe. But nacho bowl, that's them constantly doing the calculation. Like, okay, you've told me before with your cereal when you eat it. Like, I just like soggy cereal. I don't want to be left with the milk at the end, though. Unless it's a milk that's, like, flavoured. But you like to have your crunchy cereal. Yes. You've got a certain blend in there. I think I've just decided I like soggy cereal because I can't handle the, all right, there's this much milk and this much cereal in the cereal. Okay, I've got to pick up the soggy stuff. Oh, no, 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 no I'm losing the crunchy. It's too much to handle. I can't 
maintain it the whole way through. Sometimes when you got those things, though, you got to learn to just abandon it. Like if you got milk left over, just pour out the milk. What? Are you insane? It's like when I go to a cinema to watch a movie, I'll get a drink and a popcorn. As soon as my drink runs out, I am no longer interested in my popcorn. So I've got to try and get this ratio right because I can only have popcorn, popcorn. so long as I've got a drink to chase it. Yeah, so because so- otherwise your throat's going to go to hell and yeah. you're going to be all salty. It's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely hate it. So there is a point where if I get too large a popcorn, then I've got like a quarter of the bucket that I end up throwing in the bin because I'm not going to eat popcorn and not drink. I don't want to not enjoy it. I'm too stingy. I go through the kernels to find the, you know, the half popped ones. <laughs> I never get that far through a bucket. I end up wow. throwing like most of my bucket out sometimes. Well, I try to eat the popcorn first and just have the drink ready in case I need it. Because also I know that I can take the drink home and drink it as I'm leaving. But also if I drink that whole cup while I'm in the movies, I'm not going to make it through the movie without having to go to the bathroom. Yeah, that's also can be a problem. You can't get too large a drink. So you see the three levels of anxiety problems I've got now? I'm dealing with a level of popcorn that I have to maintain that level as it's reducing in conjunction with the level of drink to maintain as it's reducing during the time of the film. And as a result, I just basically, I don't enjoy the popcorn because I'm too concerned with finishing it. I don't enjoy the drink because it's just there to cover up the popcorn, but I do it as minimally as possible. I have as little as the drink as possible in case I need it, but I don't want to go to the bathroom, but I ultimately always end up needing to go to the bathroom. So during the last bit of the movie, when it's the most exciting bit, I'm just there going, God, hurry up and end because I need to piss. Hurry up and blow up that Death Star. I need to get out of here. And that's how you waste $40. (laughs) See, my problem is, is whenever you go to a place, it is almost impossible to get a large Coke and a medium popcorn. They don't want you to have it. Because as soon as you go up there with it, they look at you and go, ah, but did you know it's only 20 cents extra and you could get a large? And the large is like so much bigger where your brain just does that math and goes, well, I got to get the large. So I'm only saving 20 cents by going the medium, (laughs) but then I only eat a medium's worth of popcorn, if that. Mm. (laughs) Servos have given me the practice for that. It doesn't matter what I grab at a servo. I go in, I get a Mars bar. You know, you can get two for whatever. I used to fall for it every time. All right, I guess I'm getting two. It's 20 cents. I get a second one. I get a bottle of Coke. You know, you can get two of those. Only 20 cents more. I get a packet of twisties. You know, you can get a Coke with that for two. Oh, Jesus, mate. Just give me a break, all right? But because Ali wants things that I don't particularly want to eat, so I go up and I go, boom, put it on there. And now I have the power because I only want one. I am not interested anymore. I wouldn't spend zero cents on another one. And like, you know, you can get another one. No. And that's probably the most powerful I feel in my day to day life. (laughs) (laughs) I think McDonald's, though, keeps screwing me into buying Coke because I always have like a healthy supply at that at home. So I don't need to buy more from McDonald's. And it's real Coke you have. You don't like from an actual bottle, not this syrup put in with soda water. Every time I go there, if I want to get like a Big Mac and some fries, I always just go like, yeah, I'll get a meal. But I don't need the Coke. What is the price difference between just getting like a Big Mac and fries and a Big Mac fries and Coke? Has anyone actually done this math? Can we figure this out? We can figure this out now. What's I mean, the difference? How much simple. How much are they charging me for this Coke? Because this is actually something breakthrough that I've often wondered, but you never do the math because you can't see them all side by side. Well, they're probably there. Menu. Go menu. to the full menu. Maybe this will... Full menu. But let's say a Big Mac with medium chips. Oh, here we go. They got all the burgers. Okay, so we'll get a Big Mac because that's a pretty standard one. That is. Does it have a price? Uh, menu price. So Big Mac meal, $5.99. Now that's small, isn't it? Yes. Menu good. prices. Click on that. Fast food menu prices. That This might tell us what we want to know. $4.99 for a Big Mac. <clears throat> $5.99 for a Big Mac meal. So that's a two extra $2.00. Okay, so how much is it for fries? Uh, keep scrolling because we're at nuggets. 
sides. French fries. Medium? Oh no, we're looking at small, aren't we? $1.39 for a small fries. All of those are less than $2, which okay. means if you got a large fries, no, actually that's, it'd be even more then because it goes up and costs. Because what meal is this then? Because it just says a Big Mac meal. I believe it's a small. You believe that's a small? If you say I want a meal, they always give you the small amount, I assume. But I thought they give you a medium. But regardless of that, looking at the prices of the fries, it doesn't matter if it's the large, it's still saving you money by just getting the fries because that's a Big Mac plus the fries is less than five ninety nine. But it's like saving how much? 20 cents? Dollar uh, and No, 60 11. cents. Dollar 99 plus Oh, three ninety nine. Sorry, I forgot about the ninety nine. So yeah, so if it's a large, which it's not, then so you're you... saving eight cents. But that's eight cents that you'd be paying for a drink you don't want. Yeah, but it's only eight cents, so I may as well do it. Well, then you screw. But you see how if you didn't actually want to drink at all, that's eight cents. Eight cents you just wasted. But that's the thing. Yeah, if someone said like, "I'll give you a coke," and you're like, "I don't want a coke," and they said it's eight cents, that's where we fall apart. Yeah. Everyone falls apart. As well, I don't want to lose money on this. My wife actually had a time where she went and got some beauty treatments massage. I don't know what it is. I don't listen to that. <laughs> she but, went somewhere for a certain amount of time. But while she was there, they offered her a service that was free. And what it was, was it was like this face acupuncture thing where they got needles and stabbed her like all over her face. Like she's getting an inkless tattoo all over her face. I see why it was free. And she comes home with this like red face and her whole argument was it was free. And it's like, if someone offers to stab yeah, you... <laughs> And their argument is it's free. That's one you don't particularly want to take up, is it? Yeah. I would end up joking around with her and go, I know a guy who will break your leg for a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great bargain. (laughs) (laughs) So the cost for that was not at all the money wise. No, it was just having a sore red face for a couple of days. Is that a joke? I'm sure there's some thing that they've convinced ourselves it's good for you. I'm not a doctor, but they're neither any of those beauticians. And I'm pretty sure getting stabbed isn't good for you. No, not generally. I know there's acupuncture. That's not acupuncture. I don't even think acupuncture is really that great for you. Uh, I don't know enough about it to give an opinion, <laughs> but I do know people who do have an opinion. And so as much as I'd love to jump on the acupuncture as a bunch of hooey, I'm going to reserve my judgment just because it's going to be easier for my life. I don't know. If, if you don't believe me, go listen to the list of things that a pseudoscience episode of Wiki <laughs> Review. <laughs> that is a very good point. You know what? We set a pre- yeah. <laughs> right, you know what? Acupuncture is a bunch of hooey. Yeah, I'll stick a needle in me. <laughs> but what if it's free? <laughs> I mean, if I'm getting stabbed for free. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you don't want to lose money on the deal. Though I remember she was sitting down watching YouTube videos on it afterwards while she's sitting there with her sore face. <laughs> and you've got girls who were giving their reviews on it and going like, yeah, yeah, I thought that it was good, but it took seven or eight treatments before I actually started to notice a difference. No, that's, that's horrible. <laughs> I think after like seven or eight treatments, they were just like, okay, stop stabbing me. It looks great. It looks great. Yeah, it's, I'm fine. Just please. Uh, if you stab me that much, I'll agree to anything. That's not right. She's not a lawn. You don't aerate her. <laughs> I don't know. We've gone back to bloodletting, I think. Yeah, it's just like they used to use leeches. So archaic. We use little needles. And she said she didn't want to call me before she did it because she thought that I would make fun of her for doing it and would talk her out of doing it. So and she- then she wished that 
that she had called me. Because you did make fun of her and make her regret doing it. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, sometimes people need to be made fun of to talk them out of doing stupid things. Well, it is one of those, like, when you're caught up in the little world and you're mm. surrounded by these people who are also confident, like, oh my god, yeah, I do it, like, every week and it just makes me feel amazing. You just need to that friend to call up. Like, you're a great example of that sort of friend. You're, just, you're an idiot for doing it. It's a scam. Because I've been around people who are like, let me tell you about ghosts, man. No, I knew this ghost in my house and blah, blah, blah. Huh. And they're all like, oh, like, and they could really get you going. Because if you've got like 10 people in a room going, yeah, man, you can really feel the spirits in this house. I just call you up and you go, God, there's no such thing as ghosts. No. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry, I forgot. Like, sorry, these guys are talking about something. And I was like, oh, really? But no, 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 you make a very good point. Guys, they're not real. See, I'm mostly stuck in my bubble where people I know either don't believe in stuff or are mostly agnostic towards stuff. Yes. When it comes to like the supernatural and ghosts and and such like that. But yeah, so I think I'm stuck in this bubble. Like, do you actually know people who believe in ghosts and so forth and think their house is haunted? Yeah, I know all kinds of people. I had a friend who recently passed away who was a Reiki shaman. And the Reiki didn't help them survive? We don't joke about them. (laughs) (laughs) He's a lovely guy and it made him a nice person. There are some things you just have to let people do because they're better doing that than what they Mm. would be doing if they weren't doing that. That's how I describe it. I know a bunch of people who are into a bunch of weird shit, but I also know people who are scientists. (laughs) Um. But speaking of beliefs, you actually, um, this just happened last week. A listener commented, he asked us about our political alignment, which I always find amusing that people think we have that. Um, Anarchist. Yeah, well, um, he said he seemed to be under the impression that you're left wing and I'm right wing. And my immediate response was, oh no, we're political nihilists, which is, yeah. (laughs) But I thought about it afterwards and I realized that I know you well enough and correct me if I'm wrong, but your political view is whatever's the funniest at the time. (laughs) That is usually what I say on the podcast. Yeah. In other words, you don't have an opinion unless it's a joke. And mine, because I have to think about this, I would describe my political view as devil's advocate. You tell me what you believe and I'll poke holes in it. You do like to disagree. My political view is whatever yours isn't. (laughs) Because we both know how inconsequential we are, I think our official wiki review political stance is antagonist. We're just here to antagonize people. (laughs) I just wanted to clear that up because someone did ask me just recently and it made me think like, I get why they think I'm right wing because like I talk about being on a farm and that confuses a Mm. lot of people and you didn't and that tends to confuse a lot of people (laughs) as far as I can tell. See, a couple of years ago, I might have described myself more as left wing, but the left side's just seeming to get a little crazy because they're like the PC side, aren't they? The complainers. But and it's so like, is that's, everyone. Yeah, but that's getting irritating. They're all wrong. Like, if you actually know anything, they're all wrong. My uh, older brother, who is, he is right wing, the definition of a right wing person. I know what a right wing person is because I, I grew mm. up with one. He actually said after listening to this podcast, like, I think Ben is the exact opposite person to me. <laughs> Meaning him. Yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> Yeah, I could be the opposite to somebody. You are definitely. There's Bizarro me out there. Hello, Bizarro Ben. Oh, that's actually funny. My parents almost called me Chris. Whoa! That was one of the names. It was either going to be Ben or Chris. <gasps> so for him, it was probably either Ben or Chris as well. And they chose Chris because he's the exact opposite, opposite to me. So you don't say hello. You say goodbye <laughs> in Bizarro world. <laughs> now we've got to figure out which one of us is the Bizarro version. Yeah, Am I Bizarro well, Chris or is he Bizarro Ben? You're both pretty bizarre. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> But for opposite reasons. We're both the bizarre version of each other. That's it. That's just it. I think if you two were to make contact, Mm. you would both dissolve as like an acid and an alkaline and mix together 
it neutralizes to nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like you only exist because he's out there existing. See, now you interest me. Like, do you know any of his political views that he would be comfortable with you saying on a podcast? Oh, hell yeah. He's a very proud man. All right, um, cool. Awesome. Let's see how I feel. I want to see if I opposite to him on yeah. stuff. Pro-Trump. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not a fan of Trump. Very pro-gun. No, I'm not a big gun guy. <laughs> um, so far, this, this all checks out. <laughs> oh, here's one you might. Um, he's anti-Hillary Clinton when she was around. Because I know you're not pro her. That is true. I have to admit, she is probably one of the most unlikable politicians that have <laughs> ever existed. But th- that's a trick question, though. Because yeah. even people who are against Trump mm. still wouldn't say they're for Hillary. Yeah. No one likes her. They just didn't like him. <laughs> it was just like, I could support that party if they just picked literally anyone else. Anybody else. So, technicality, we'll, we'll put that through. He voted no on gay marriage. Oh, really? Welcome, my family. <laughs> well, judging by my reaction, I obviously <laughs> voted yes to gay marriage. This is hard to ask you for a political opinion because you don't really have any. I have political opinions All about right. stuff. Throw it back and I'll tell you how he reacts. If you can think of any. What did he think on the female Ghostbusters? Now, I'm paraphrasing here, but that bunch of chicks were too busy looking for tampons. (laughs) (laughs) Something about shitting on the grave of something. Yeah, Um, because Egon died. Yeah, there you go. So they shat on his grave. Oh, do you believe in climate change? Yes, I do believe in climate change. He does not. (laughs) Do you believe in doing something to fix climate change? Well, yeah. He does not. Big religious guy? No. Oh. We got that. Right-wing people usually are quite religious, though. Yeah, but I think that's just an anomaly in our household. Maybe he is. Like, I really doubt it. Do you like riding motorbikes? I have never really ridden motorbikes. Boom. Different again? I actually, when I was, I think the last time I remember riding a motorbike, I was eight years old and it wasn't like a real motorbike. It was like a little, little mini thing. Peewee, yeah. Yeah. And I went around a corner and I fell over and the engine sort of landed on top of my leg. Oh, and I've it, had that happen to me. And it burnt me really bad for like, and, and the burn stayed there for like several months or yep. at least a month or something like that. I know I was a kid. It felt like forever. I had that happen to me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a common thing for kids, I guess. <laughs> You know, and so, yeah, since then, I have not really ridden a motorbike. Fair enough. That's That was it for you. No, he's um hurt himself a lot on motorbikes. He used to race and stuff. And in fact, it's he's moved on from motorbikes. He's done a lot of pretty much anything where there's a good chance you're going to get really hurt. He's very interested. Mm-hmm. Windsurfing, things like that. You ever gone surfing? I'm not good at it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he's pretty coordinated. He's a good marksman with a gun. He's... Uh... I don't think I've ever stood up on a surfboard. Uh, neither have I. I've never actually used a surfboard. I've done it on a boogie board. I can do that, but that's... Like easy Yeah well anyone like, can, Kids yeah. can do that Yeah if you can Like that's just you know, What do they call them Kickboard mm. It's just a big kickboard Technically it's easy To use than a kickboard There's even this Place near us That does this Cable skiing Where it's like This track that goes along And this handle Comes down And you jump On a wakeboard And you can go around This mm. little track As it pulls you around Is it you're on your feet Or your knees You're on your feet Oh cool But there is a version Of it where you can Do it on your knees Which is designed For kids and idiots Who can't stand up on a board and I am one of those idiots when I go to those places. I get the wakeboard and I'm like, I'm going to nail it this time. I fall flat on my face like three times and I'm just like, fuck that knee board. Kitty section, please. Because it's not even like I get on the water and stack it because the hardest thing about this is you grab this rope and it gives you a tug and like launches you into the water and so that's the hardest part. Yeah, so getting most- started is the hardest. You got to balance then once you're up and it's fine, yeah. Once you get pulled out on your wakeboard, most of the time you just fall face first and you 
don't even go anywhere on the track. So you think, I'm going to spend the whole day here just getting splashed into the water time and time again. (laughs) He would ghost on a motorbike. You're failing to do a wakeboard. He would go across water on a motorbike. See, if you build up enough speed on land, you can ride across the top of the water for a certain distance if you have enough momentum and hopefully you make it to the other side. What is this guy, Evil Knievel or something? Yeah, he's pretty badass. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I mean. It's the opposite. I'm not saying either of you are bad. I'm not saying either of you are good. (laughs) But I am saying Bizarro's. You're clearly the opposite. He made the comment because he heard you talk and the more we go through this, I think we're dead on. (laughs) I think this... uh, Sorry, I I got distracted looking at this McDonald's site that we had up. It says you can get two cheeseburgers for $2. Where is that McDonald's? I want that. Because I think... Aren't the cheeseburger specials here one cheeseburger for two bucks? Yeah. Well, this is, is America. A, in America, you can get two cheeseburgers for two dollars. I would just live on cheeseburgers. They're a dollar each. Firstly, their dollars are like our two dollars. Yeah, and- but not now Trump's in charge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it works that way. But here's a sneaky thing. Because um, remember in America, they don't give you the actual price. They give you the before sales tax price. Ah, uh, yeah. They always screw you with that. I remember that actually. Yeah. So you went there. Yeah. What's the tax increase it by? I don't know. I'm not an accountant. They just paid whatever they told me. I'd just go, I want this. And they would tell me the total price eventually. You didn't buy anything for $2 and they went, oh, that'll be two fifty. This is a couple of years ago. I don't exactly remember. I think it was like, I don't know, maybe 20%. See, that's all I'm looking for. Yeah, 220. There you go. So there you go. That's a little bit more. Well, wouldn't 20% be 240? Why would it be? Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I outmathed you. You did it. So that's a good thing for you people out there who are going to McDonald's in America. Two cheeseburgers. That's our tip. Free yeah. tip straight from us to you, huh? And you don't have to tip at McDonald's either. Yeah. In fact, that's not a thing they do. No, it's, it's one of the places you don't have to tip at. Which isn't that weird. Like in America, like a waitress or something. Like, where's the rule? What's the line? And why? It's one of those things where you can't really explain it, but you kind of get the feel for it when you're there. If you ultimately feel sorry for the person because they're too old to be working that job, that's when you give them a tip. Chains and stuff, you usually don't. Because they have their own little system that they work with. Okay. Well, maybe like they fast get... food, you don't. But if you get a taxi, you do. And sometimes if you pee in places, you do. That one annoys me. That's a weird one. Especially if you've got to use like the bathroom multiple times. And you're like, dude, I want to give you a dollar every time I got to pee. <laughs> I had a lot to drink tonight. I'm going to be peeing a lot. I can't afford to piss in this economy. But at the same time, his job is to work in a toilet. So yeah, it's you bad feel karma. bad. That's, yeah, you don't be mean to those people. They've really got it bad. <clears throat> oh, did I tell you that I am now a professional model? Okay, this is another one of your misleading titles. I know it. <laughs> it's a technicality. I Yeah, misleading title. Yeah, Go on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I got paid to model for... Uh, uh, like they did some a photo shoot which they required a handsome young man like me and, and I he got, couldn't make it so you had to turn up yeah well they, they asked for anyone and they paid me 10 bucks for like several hours work so swish <laughs> I got paid therefore I'm a professional it's for the ACWA Australian Community Workers Association they needed like stock footage for their website and stuff I don't think it's up yet but uh, hey it might be I don't know maybe guys go check it out it's what a nice it? thing ACWA okay. oh my god if I see myself I'm gonna flip is it dot org or dot com probably an org it seems like an org thing there you go I don't see me anywhere yet what were you doing first I was in a boardroom oh, no yeah. none of these people are the people I was with I'll have to 
randomly click through everything. I don't think it'd be up yet. We only did it like a couple of weeks ago. Well, actually, technically, I think it'd be like two, three weeks ago. I'm going to keep an eye on this site and see when you pop up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, check it out. It's a nice place, the nice thing. I'm not 100% sure what they do, but it's community work. It's like being a social worker, but it's community instead of social. And I went, sure, that makes sense. But they needed stock footage. And it's a casting call that they did throughout the improv community. And they started by saying specifically, hey, would you like to help us out? We'll give you a free headshot, which is why I was doing it really. And that's good to have a free headshot from someone who was going to Photoshop me to make me look pretty. But they said, we're looking for anyone who's specifically if you're not Anglo-Celtic. That pretty much describes me. I'm Anglo-Saxon and I'm Gaelic-Celtic. In other words, Irish-English people. They want people who aren't Irish and or English. I am both. So So how did you get the gig? Well, (laughs) they don't know enough brown people, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Because that that was the first feed. Specifically, if you're not Anglo-Celtic. I went, not for me, not a problem. It came up again. Hey, we're still looking for people. Then a class that I signed up for, they specifically messaged the class and went, hey guys, um, if you're free the next day, could you um, come along? All right, I'm being personally invited. I guess I'll do this now. And what was even funnier is when I got there, the majority of the models were white males. <laughs> and they're there having that conversation which people have, because I understand, yeah, they want to show that it's for all races and we're not racist and it's for diversity and whatever. In fact, we're looking at a picture right now of like a woman who looks slightly Asian and a guy who looks slightly Greek. There's your diversity there. See, slightly. But yeah, they're sort of talking about, oh, like like they had one Indian guy rock up for the photo shoot and he was like, the star has arrived. <laughs> Which I'm sure it must be really great for him to feel like walking and be like, all right, yeah, I could do this. And they had the conversation like, oh, I just wish we had more of them. And I had to chime in because it's basically they're saying like, oh, you white males, we don't want you. I'm like, well, I'm sorry that white males are the only people who actually care. <laughs> all right, you guys do a great job. We're the only ones who really care about helping our community workers. <laughs> I guess just the other races and genders aren't as, you know, like caring as us, right? <laughs> that has become the thing in entertainment at the moment is that whole diversity thing where they want to hire yeah. more people. All the shades <clears throat> on TV, which I get it, but the actual, yeah, the practice of doing it. Because that is the thing that I've noticed recently with a lot of people who I know who write stuff and who want to make films. There's the two things of like, how can we put in more different races and how can we make women more the focus? I've been invited to like talk about scripts that people have written where the question has come up, which one of these characters can we make a female? I've been in these discussions too and we always get into riffs about this of where it ends up ending because technically any character can be a woman, but there is a tone shift. For instance, a movie where everyone's in a fight scene. We are not comfortable, like, hitting a woman. (laughs) And I think that's a good thing. And it does change the tone. Even if there was a woman who was, like, a stunt person and she's all about taking the shots and she was more prepared than us, which that totally exists. There are women who are way better at taking hits than us. It changes the tone when a woman is getting hit or takes a fall. Like, I fall, that's hilarious. A woman falls, it's, oh, that's, well, that's not, it's not funny. And the people who say that there should be more women in the movie. Though that said, I watched a movie again recently, Hocus Pocus. (laughs) Happy Halloween, everyone. It's got Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and the third woman whose name I could never remember. But you know who she is. She's that one who like hangs out with Bette Miller a lot. Yeah, I think she was in Sister Act. Yeah, yeah, the, the one who wasn't Whoopi. And the thing that I noticed about that movie is those three characters that they played, they were playing the Three Stooges. Ah. They hit each other 
other and stuff like that. And we're always mean and teasing each other. And they'd have the sound effects where there is a point in that movie where Bette Midler just flat out punches Sarah Jessica Parker in the stomach. (laughs) And it's hysterical. You see, that's a woman doing it to another woman. Although I have seen, I think it's, yeah, the spoof movie. Yeah, yeah, scary movie. In scary movie, there's a chick who cops so many punches. She gets clocked the whole movie. She's a great actress. She pulls it off really great and it's very funny. But it is a more sensitive world, especially with race. There's the, we need someone to be black because there's a black joke that we need a black person yeah. for. And then there's, well, why can't they be black? Well, why can't the four person be black? Then when they're in the position, it's, why can't I be myself? I am black. You're the main role, but this guy doesn't act like a black person acts because that's racist. But I am black and I do act black and it would be weird. Okay, so let, let's just go over the script, all right? I'm the main character. I'm a black man. So the first thing you want me to do is put on sunscreen. We don't understand why there's a problem with that never mind never mind (laughs) just give me my check (laughs) but now i'm more like the best person for the part or for the job no matter what their gender or color is if it works for the character boom we're in exactly and pretty much everything we write doesn't really matter about gender or race at all no it's a joke we filmed with people of like all genders and races yeah all of them Actually, I don't know if all genders these days, because aren't there like 60 different genders? Something like that. Which, hey, that's more power to you. <laughs> you know what? I don't want to say we've, uh, we may have filmed with all genders, because I've never really bothered to ask, because I don't really care, so. I know, I think that they identify as females, and the males identify as males. Well, I never asked them, and that's, that's for them. I don't get to pick that for them. That's their business. <laughs> I don't care enough to really ask. I mean, do what you want, but for the role, you're a guy. That's all I ask. Uh, but no, I have found that it is a lot more sensitive in improv world i had a scary i'm a racist moment did you yes i backwardsly walked into discover just how sensitive it is i'm used to stand-up crowds which there's a bit of leeway there in fact they expect you and they want you to be quite vicious and like blunt and it was innocent enough i was uh, in a scene and the with a girl she initiated and said like the scene started with her going i can't go out with you anymore because of your political views and i went what is it about my political Political views. She just went, I just can't because you have political views. And I went, well, I mean, what? We're the same age. We're the same race. Because I'm just trying to pick things. But when I said we're the same race, not only could I hear the audience, I could feel the audience. You know, like if it was a saloon, the piano stopped, the tumbleweed went through, everyone looked at me. So was it a white person you were doing this? Yes. With? So yeah. Oh, because I thought you were doing a sketch with a black girl when you started the story, but no. No, I just said we're the same race as a person huh. talking about their political view I went well what could be a political thing uh, well racism's a political thing we're the same race and everyone just oh. and I immediately became very scared oh. you were about to get lynched yes oh, is this going to be like we're going to expect complaints for wiki review like I'm going to get like emails saying Garth needs to be fired from the podcast and I need to explain to them that that's not exactly how it works <laughs> I can't <laughs> fire him because I never hired him to begin with <laughs> He really just shows up at my house and it happens. <laughs> I mean, if he chooses to stop rocking up, the podcast can end. One time you come around, it's like the internet says, I can't play with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> really? Why did we start caring about this now? Hey, I started caring after we made the great Australian podcast. <laughs> at the moment, I care what the internet thinks because it likes us. I found a part of the internet that says we're good. So you know what? I listen to everything it says now. Yeah, yeah. Now when I'm feeling low, I just 
click onto that website and just go, ah, uh, I made we're it. great. <laughs> so what happened? Like, how did that conclude after you were like a horrible racist on stage? I think I got tagged out, luckily. You I were got- just like, oh, thank God. So, like- yeah, so then I just stood in the corner and thought about what I did <laughs> for a while. But I got back out there. I said, you know what? Screw it. What have I got to lose? So I just went back out there and I won the crowd back. I learned that it's not the end of the world if you say something stupid. But afterwards, there was a talk because they do give you some notes afterwards. And it was, it was a good friend of ours who was uh, directing that night. And he sort of went, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what happened. I know what happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, yeah. And he told me he was really nice about it. Christopher Martin, you are a legend. A great man, a great comedian. Anyone knows him out there knows he's a great guy. He went out of his way to actually reveal to me a story about where he said something racist and it was way worse than mine. And it was like, yeah, like stuff just happens on stage. And it was like that sort of, I'm like there, so so I'm, I'm not kicked out. I can still keep playing. You're fine, dude. But you mention race and the whole audience just doesn't matter what you say. If you mention race, everything falls apart. Now let's flip to, uh, I think two weeks ago, I did a show and Ashwin Senka, our, um, he worked our room. I uh, headlined when we did a room all way back when. Very funny guy, comedian. I haven't seen him in years. So he came to do the cool story bro um, part of this improv show, which means he tells a story and then we all improv based on the story. Now he's a stand-up and it's been years since he's been in an improv world. And it was good to catch up with him because we haven't seen each other, but he's a stand-up. So the first thing he does is just mention his race, like talking about how he's brown and he worked at a place and therefore, you know, he was treated racistly. And all I can think is like, oh my God, there's a story about this. No, Garth, don't do a story about the race thing. Wait, <laughs> that's it. We don't do race anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost the crowd before doing stand up, making fun of someone who was in a wheelchair. But that's a funny bit, though. I mean, I get why you'd lose the crowd, but it, it's the risk you take because it's either they laugh or they hate you. Well, that's the thing is the bit kind of crushed. I was doing a stand up comedy night and there was a woman in a wheelchair in the audience. Mm. And I have a joke that makes fun of people in wheelchairs and I, I didn't know whether to do it or not. Yes. And somebody did mention her early in the night and sort of made a joke at her expense that didn't go great with the audience. There's your hint, yes. But then the show goes on, there's a break and she leaves <sighs> through the break and I'm on up after the break and I'm just like, bam, I've got my joke back. I can sort of mention it. And I had this funny little quip where I did it and I got a weird reaction like, it's okay, you can laugh at that. She left, I checked. And that got a huge laugh because everyone knew who I was referring to. And I'm doing like the second half of the joke and halfway through the joke, she wheels back in <gasps> and I mind blanks and I actually go to the audience. Um, I can't remember the rest of this joke. I just bailed. Bailed on it. And everyone in the room knew you... why I bailed on that joke. When you said that, did they laugh? Nope. Nope. <laughs> everyone felt bad that they had laughed at this girl before. And when she came back oh. into the room, me and the audience both learned that we had done something wrong and we should feel ashamed of ourselves. Oh, you were the devil leading them down the path of darkness. So I made everyone feel bad about themselves for that. They don't just hate you. They hate themselves for liking you and therefore doubly hate you for doing that. That's the horrible point in stand-up when you've done something like that and you still have time in your set left. And you're not allowed to leave the stage yet.
yet. Yes. Yeah. I was so worried about what people would think. And the guy who was doing sound at that time, who actually knew me, came out afterwards and just went, oh my God, that was so fucking funny. <laughs> you were shitting yourself. <laughs> everyone could see. Oh. Just want to let you know, everyone knew how, how pissy you were right then. You looked oh. scared shitless. <laughs> and I had other comedians who were there on that night and witnessed that bring that up to me at other occasions too. And it's, it's got to oh. be one of the worst times I have been on stage. That is terrible. <laughs> I love it. it. It's only terrible because you did the joke and went, it's all right. She left. Everyone's like, ah, that's clever. And then she came in and you just, all right, you know what? Forget it. I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing the joke anymore. Let's move on. Shut up. No one was listening. Like, and this is the thing. I don't know, but I think possibly the girl in the wheelchair knew. And she went back to her friends, which was sitting there who would have filled her in on it and been like, that's the prick who's making fucking fun of you. That guy right there, he was just saying a thing and he was talking about you when you left and probably exaggerating it too. So he was there saying like, all oh, people in wheelchairs should die. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, forget that chick. She's the worst. Don't we all hate her? And everyone agreed. And really- there is something now about even telling that story and remembering it. I get that pit in my stomach again. That's a bad feeling. Yeah. I think that's always there every time I think of that. You know, you have those memories where you think often you get that. That's one of them for me. Oh, that's a terrible one. Yeah, I'll just sometimes be doing something and in my head, I'll be back there on stage doing that and I'm like oh, fuck. whenever you have a horrible feeling you'll be reminded of that because it feels mm. the same I'm just stuck on a stage with everyone hating me oh that's a terrible memory <laughs> makes me feel much better about mine I know right see this is why I always try to have good intentions <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you slipped up and said something that could be kind of perceived as racist. I mentioned race. You, you could have also been going and playing a racist character that wasn't you. Well, this is the thing too, is that I was warned afterwards that don't even do that. They don't like that. Even if you're like, oh, I'm a terrible person and I don't like certain races. It's a particular audience. I believe it's described as the left. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting back to that. I don't really understand these things, but I'm pretty sure that's what it's about. That's who goes and sees improv. What human? audiences? Well, no, people who are, like, sensitive about things. Yeah, uh, you know, people who are caring and don't want stereotypes <clears throat> ruining people and, you know, you, they don't want to reduce people down. Like, they have a point. Stereotypes are funny, though. But stereotypes exist for a reason, is what I always come back to. Like, ah, uh, is a good show, huh? Uh, you wanted a pizza. I know Italians who sound like that. They didn't make that up about them. I agree that problems need to be fixed as far as, like, gender and race equality. But is comedy really really the thing to do the job like surely like philosophy or politics have way more role than what jokes people make yes but then there's like I, it should always be based on truth and if you're gonna go like attacking people if it's wrong like if you listen to jokes made about gay people in the 80s like people laugh their asses off back then at them it's actually just picking on a certain genre of people like, it's really horrible like we've discussed this before like Eddie Murphy I don't like fags looking at my ass they're really derogatory because it was okay to pick on this group of people. Yeah, but there's always a group that it's okay to pick on. Well, there shouldn't be is the problem. I mean, unless we're talking about people who are bad. But that's the thing. It's always 
thought mm. of as people who are bad. When they picked on gay people, that's because being gay was bad. So now what we think is bad these days are the people that we pick on. Yeah, and that's the problem is we should be getting rid of that. Well, a joke, my point is that a joke needs to be based on honesty. It, it is too far one way and it's too far the other way. Why is it okay for a black guy to make a joke about being black? Because he's allowed to say that because that's his experience, right? Mm. And it's told from a place of truth. I know, but also a black guy could talk about being white. Once again, that is punching up, not punching down. Yeah, but then that implies that white people are better if you're saying it's punching up. Well, let's be honest. I'm not saying we're better. It's easier to be white. Mm. There's no argument there. There's. It's not that we're helped necessarily. It's just that we don't have the infringements that society puts on us. In my experience, though, that's other white people. Like, well, not me. <laughs> well, yeah, but you've never not gotten a job because you're black. Yeah. yeah no, every time you've not gotten a job, it's because you failed. You never know. They might have been willing to hire me more if I was black. Because we were talking before where they want to have more diversity. Like, if I wanted to do a photo shoot, maybe all the photo shoots I've been turned down for is because I'm not black enough. You actually make a good point because the amount of comedy uh, game we've been trying to get gigs, especially in stand-up, and they go, well, we want guys like black guys, we want fat guys, we want women comedians, we want Asian comedians, we want women Asian comedians, and like, well, we're the white guys. There are a million of those ones. There's only one spot for the white guy. Because the problem with it is nobody can pick it because although I don't really know what it's like to be black, I would kind of say almost a black person doesn't either because they've never been anything but that. So how can they know what's the difference between what's them and their race? Mm. Like how much of my life would honestly be different if the only difference was my skin color? There is a difference, but you don't know. That is actually my point in, in the with discrimination. That's what I think is the biggest difference. When I don't get a job, it's like you might go, oh, they're looking for diversity. So I didn't get the job. That's very rare. And you'd know that when a woman doesn't get a job, even if she didn't get it because they went, you're just not the right person for the job. In the back of her head, she's still going, did I not get it because I'm a woman? Because that's a thing that does happen to me. And it's the not knowing. Whereas we have the luxury of learning that we're failures. We wouldn't that be great to be told like every time it's not your fault? Like you didn't get that job because they're sexist? Well, having that as an excuse is a great thing. But also I don't think (laughs) women do that because I mean, my wife, she's applied for jobs and not got them before. And I've never heard her go, well, they didn't want to hire a woman. They just wanted to hire a man instead. She may not tell you, (laughs) but the point is it is still a possibility. And like a lot of women do just sort of get over it. They have to have the opinion of that's just life. And I just have to deal with it as do a lot of racially diverse people have to do that. We don't really have that problem. We just sort of cruise through life being the morons we are. Yeah, I don't get anything great for it. Oh no, you don't get anything good. If anything, it's kind of like, I know that whenever I fuck up, that's (laughs) on me. That's what I get out of this. It's a gift in life. I truly believe this because you learn to own your failure. If you know in your head that you fucked up, then you can go, all right, well, how can I fix that? But if you're like, did I fuck up or are they just like racist or sexist or something? That means like, do I fix the failure or are they pricks? I'm not really sure. So you don't know how to improve because you don't know if you actually failed or if it was rigged against you. Also, I come from the mindset where let's say you and I had a huge big company like Humidor has gone awesome. And Uh, let's just fantasize about that for a second. Yeah. Okay. Now carry on. And we've got to hire like a CEO and we're looking and it comes down to like a man or a woman and we're going to discuss which one's better. And you said to me like, well, obviously we've got to go with the man because men are better at this job. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Let's actually look at this and do it properly because I would want the best CEO. Like all that sexism is bullshit. And if we can pay the female less, I reckon we hire her. (laughs) 
<laughs> I knew there was something coming. I don't know. I guess I've had very little experience with discrimination because I haven't even gone for those things that they can't get. Well, that's the thing too. We're not even in this world of like, we're not on the spectrum for that either. Yeah. If someone said like, they wouldn't let me into university because I'm black. I'm like, I don't go to university. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure any black person, woman, or any race or creed could achieve my life quite easily. In fact, easier than us. I didn't have any like big inheritance or anything that I got. It's nothing really helping us. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, abrupt change of subject. I can't believe this. I never told you about what happened when I went to the Adelaide Festival, did I? You told me some things. Uh, I told you I saw some gigs. I didn't tell you about my hotel. I don't think you told me about the hotel. I get to Adelaide, never been to Adelaide before. We get in the taxi and go, hey, send us to the hotel. And the guy goes, I don't know that hotel. We'll just go to the address. He's like, I know the address. There's no hotel there. I'm like, oh crap, we booked this online. I think we've been scammed. <laughs> I don't think a hotel exists. I think we just spent all our money on a place that doesn't exist. Yeah, you don't really have faith in the internet, do you? You. No. And why would I? Listen to how this story starts. <laughs> so he takes us to the place and yeah, there's no hotel. It's like a weird street. Imagine Queen Street Mall, but cars can drive up, but but they don't really. Oh yeah. That's so, fun. Yeah. It's weird. So we're walking up and this car comes out of an alley and comes up and we hear a, like a horn honk and we're like, we turn around like, oh shit. Like it wasn't at us that were honking. So we got out of the way, but someone was clearly in front of the car, right? This blonde kind of ratty chick gets out of the car and goes, oi, expletives at yeah. the guy. And then goes to chase this guy down for obviously being in front of the car or something. Then out of the passenger seat comes this heavily tattooed, stocky white dude. <laughs> when I say heavily tattooed, I mean like on his face. Oh, wow. Like, you know, the, the, the ones like right under the eye, that, but the, like a lot of them. So you can see the tattoos on the face from a distance. He's white. This isn't a Polynesian cultural thing. And he just gets out of the car and goes, like very casual, goes, get back here. Like this <laughs> happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and we sort of stand at the top of this mall sort of scene. Okay, look, all right, let's just keep going and trying to find our hotel. Now, the building where it's supposed to be in is kind of like a like a city building where you can walk down the middle inside it. So we go up the street and down inside the building down and there's like a train station towards the end. And as we're walking, we sort of looped back around. From the right, we just hear, Oi, cocksucker! <laughs> it's the tattooed guy. And he's chasing down who I presume was the original guy they were beeping the horn at. Goes up to him, headbutts him. Oh, wow. The guy turns around, takes a swing, I think he kind of glancingly hits him, and they both decide that that's enough of an exchange. Was the guy who he was fighting big? He was bigger than him, but he was just it was like you or me, really. Okay. Like, the guy was a short, but like, more bulky guy. Um, Stephen J. Whiteley. Oh, yeah. Great comedian. Very funny dude. Don't mess with him. He'll mess you up. <laughs> He's a badass. Um, he looks like that, but covered in tattoos. That's who he reminded me of. So, yeah, he headbutts the guy. The guy kind of throws a half punch at him and they decide we're done we're, we're good and they go part their ways and we're like welcome to Adelaide <laughs> you got a hotel in the good neighborhood yes we did um that's what you get for saving money <laughs> then you turned around and your suitcases were gone <laughs> yeah, just holding a handle <laughs> and somehow they removed my shoes too um, but yeah we go around the corner and we find that our hotel was exactly where it was supposed to be it doesn't look like it because it's like a motel that I'm gonna say it was a business commercial building that has been renovated and when I say renovated I mean they took doors off hinges to make it a hotel so and you're sitting in an office block pretty much like well, that's where we stayed and we walk in there's an alarm going off when we go in and we're like what's going on and it turns out they're just doing wiring or something but sure whatever you say I get in the elevator the elevator when it opens up it's like not even with the floor 
<laughs> and I mean like a whole like a stairwell step up. Oh wow. But what's even scarier is after it stops, then it equalizes. So it's way off and then it slowly comes down. And if you step on it, it comes quicker. <laughs> so that's a bit scary and the buttons are old. We get in the room, there are just these white stains all over the floor. I wouldn't ask questions about what those are. They're bleach stains. But I also know why they had to put bleach on there. <laughs> and I hope to God it was a murder. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen CSI? They usually like jack off over their murder or do something sexual with the corpse. Yeah, it may not even be sexual, but there's definitely semen involved in every corpse on CSI. Yeah. So whether it's sex or murder, there's still semen left in the hotel room. Absolutely. That's what crime shows have taught me. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I could feel it wriggling at night. It was horrendous and everything was rusted and just didn't fit right. It was just terrible. The air conditioner was plugged in on an extension cord that goes across to the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. Apparently that's illegal and they're not meant to do that. Did they give you this little be cool about it? Just be cool, dude. You want to save your money. Hey, if you can give us five stars on Yelp. So I look around the room and I looked like we had like a little sink and I sort of looked underneath it, you know, just, and there was like a six pack of ping pong balls. Like just, just not open or anything, just in there. And I'm sort of like, oh yeah, you know, I know sometimes people use ping pong balls for plumbing, right? That's a thing? Yeah, they float up through things so they can, you know, you can help declog things. You can see if the drain's clogged or not. I'm not a hundred percent. How would that work? If the drain's clogged, then... Then you've got something that you can push through. I'm not actually sure that that's a real thing. That's what I thought. Okay. I saw ping pong balls under a sink and I went, yeah, for plumbing, right? It's for plumbing. (laughs) So we stayed in this place for a couple of nights. We saw a whole bunch of comedy, which was really great. And no more incidences, really. Although on the last night, Ali got a little scared. I had to put the couch chair in front of the door just in case someone barged in at night. Why did you think someone was going to barge in? Because it sounded like someone was going to barge in. Was face tattoo guy back? Maybe. There were a lot of people... A lot of people were yelling stuff, all right? (laughs) But there was noise, and it's a very spooky place. And so we saw things. We went to the art gallery. There was a really good art. We saw great comedians. And then it came to leaving time. And so we're packing up, and I got everything. And I'm like, all right, I'll just double-check everything. So I look back under the sink where the ping-pong balls were. I didn't put anything under there, but, you know, you just check every drawer. So I look under there, and behind the ping-pong balls was an empty container. Like, you know the molded plastic? So you can see what the shape of something was, but it was empty. But you could see the shape, and it said on the plastic, butt plug. (laughs) I'm gonna say I could have fit my fist in there, just so that you have an image at home. Wow, someone had a more fun weekend there than you did. But it wasn't in the package, Ben. Where was it? Probably in their butt. And then I remembered the ping pong balls. And suddenly everything made sense about where I'd been sleeping for the last three nights. I mean, that would be fun to, like, leave a hotel room and just leave a bunch of crazy sex toys in the drawers for the next people to find. Just to freak him out, because that's my hope. But I love that it's not even the sex toy, it's the package. Mm. And then I had the thing of, like, well, should I throw it out? Because they're going to think it's mine. That guy just walked out of here with a butt plug. I don't know, maybe Ali was trying to surprise you. <laughs> just the opportunity never arose. <laughs> you got to admit, you would be surprised if one time just a butt plug appeared up there. I would 
would yeah I could honestly say my reaction would be surprised <laughs> <laughs> that would be a huge surprise and she's like I bought it while we were in Adelaide <laughs> I did it when you turned your back for that split second and I'll do it again and also the fact that the plastic's still there means they didn't clean the room very well but did the ping pong balls look used no that was an unopened packet so they had spares or clearly they never made it to them because like I said it's like a fist it's quite formidable it looks like something that like after that you'd probably be like you know what I don't need anything else in there I think I'm done with this experiment yeah I don't want to play anymore yeah I'm going home can I have some ice please I don't know. The thing with that is I always hear stories about people who get stuff stuck up there. Butt plugs, do they come with like a little string on the end or something in case it gets like wedged in? From the shape of it, I always think of it, it's like the Ace of Spades spade. So it's like the plug bit, but then it has like like a hand, like it goes in, like you'd have to push it in really far because then there's the handle at the back. Okay. So there's a point that's just made too wide to come in. But now that I'm saying this, I'm sure you could. I mean, anything is if you try hard enough, right? (laughs) I mean, proctology's got to be a profession for a reason. All kinds of crap gets stuck up there. I assume most of the job of a proctologist would just be removing things that people put up there like themselves. It's not usually accidents that you deal with. It's experiments gone wrong. But you know every patient's like, I sat on it. Yeah, I I fell and landed on it. I remember seeing, I think it was actually in Scrubs, they did a montage of the people who had gone to see the proctologist. And it was just all of them going like, I sat on it. Yeah, I sat on it. I just sat on it. Was there a sat on it? And then the last guy's like, I was bored. <laughs> exactly. And like, he was the one honest guy out of all of them. That's the only reason I was bored. <laughs> I was bored. So I tried to shove and now it's stuck. And I kind of get his logic in a way. You just see something <laughs> go like, look, I'm really bored. This may be bad, but that's better than bored. Human curiosity, right? You leave a man and something that's meant to go in your butt in a room long enough with no other stimuli, nothing else to do, no girlfriend. Sooner or later, that's going where it's designed to go and he's probably not going to know what to do with it. Jim Jeffries did a bit about it. Yeah, about getting like an egg vibrator stuck up Mm. there. What I really took out of that story was it was still in there when he did a gig. He got it stuck up there. He tried to get out of there. He used like chopsticks from which, you know, from his meal and he couldn't get it out and he had to go do a show. It's humiliating enough and weird enough and uncomfortable enough to just go to the hospital with something like that. Imagine you're on stage with this thing up your butt and there's this girl in a wheelchair just coming back in. <laughs> See, it can always be worse, Ben. It could always be worse. <laughs> I wonder what it's like at that moment where you thought, well, I'm just going to play around with this thing and nobody has to know because it's my own private business. But then it gets stuck there and you'd have that moment where you're like, no, 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 come out, come out, come out. <laughs> but after that denial has passed and you have accepted that this is inside you now yes. and you are not getting it out unless another person is involved. <laughs> <laughs> the only way out is to actually admit this to another human being. Like, if you had something stuck up your ass, how long before you actually go to the hospital with it? Oh, I figure um, I'd end up at the hospital probably at time of death. <laughs> That's just it. This is my life now. I would assume I could pass it, but then that might cause more problems because it's a plug. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's uh, your hope. Yeah, uh, but you don't want it to pop the wrong way. Jim Jeffries gives a good tip for this because he's like, oh, I need to eat fibre, right? Because fibre helps things pass. No, don't eat fibre because fibre makes it more like uh, liquidy. You need something to push. That's just going to go around it. You need to eat protein. You need to eat meats. Eat steak. That's how you're going to push it out if you're going to push it out at all. We give out some weird advice on this podcast. <laughs> I like to think we give you know, the advice that no one else is giving you, right? I hope that there is somebody listening who's in this problem who's like, oh, thank God, finally a way out. <laughs> I love the idea of some guys there like, oh my God, this thing stuck up my butt. I'm going to have to admit it. I guess I'll just listen to Wiki Review before I go to the hospital. Yeah. Or like he's listening to it in his car on the way there. He's got like an inflatable donut he's on or he's half cheeking it as he's driving along. He's like, I'll just listen to Ben and Garth as I'm driving and you turn going to the butchers now. <laughs> See, I think if it's something like a, a butt plug, that would be, I guess, a little okay. Because at least it's a sex toy. Because it's designed for that purpose. If you had like a Barbie doll stuck in your ass, I think that's a little weirder to explain to people. Why did you have this Barbie doll to start with? Is that your kid's Barbie? Are you going to give it back to her when you're done? When these things happen, do you ask for it back? Like, the first thing that comes to mind is like, like a TV remote or something. You need that back because that's... For the TV. Because wouldn't you hate to be like, when a weird patient comes to a proctologist and they go like, oh, you think you're weird? No, you should hear about this other guy. What if you were that other guy? The guy who he told him, don't feel bad, at least you're not you. I like to think that that guy is so extreme into it, he couldn't care less. He's probably tested the limits. Like, that wasn't his first trip. Like, he doesn't learn and he keeps trying to, like, achieve. It's like all Guinness World Records are held by crazy people who are just so involved in their thing that that's all they can do. So it's they don't care because that's who they are. Yeah, I, I have looked into the idea of setting a world record because I thought there's got to be something so obscure that no one's done it. But no matter how obscure you think, someone's done it for like three weeks straight. Someone's done it until they died. And it's like literally you read it and just go like, oh, I can't be bothered. Like you sit down and go like, how long's the longest someone's watched TV? And it's just like, oh, fuck that. That's way too long. I financially, physically <laughs> or anything cannot do that. How about longest podcast ever? Black Mirror Part 2, right? Obviously right <laughs> <laughs> I love that well I'm googling it let's have a look tower of techno babble longest uninterrupted live webcast ah oh, live webcast um click the down arrow on that one what is longer the longest podcast top one what is the longest podcast 36, 36 hours non-stop podcast on the I don't know could you do this for 36 hours yeah I think you can fucking do that that's actually kind of I easy mean, I mean we know uh, Lindsay Webb shout out to Lindsay Webb great comedian he did for a while hold the longest stand-up show record? Yeah, I remember that, actually. Yeah, I think it was 32 hours? Because isn't there technically things about you're allowed to have, like, some bathroom breaks or some shit put in? He was allowed to be excused to go to the bathroom, and other people would take his place, so the show would keep going. But So there were little technicalities in there, and what he told me was that he set the record, someone beat it, and then they stopped doing it. Oh, wow. So he would have, if they stopped it on him, he'd still be owning the record. That's annoying. When someone, like, beats your record, and before you get a chance to do it again, they take it away. When you're setting a record, you've got to just beat it so you know that next time if someone beats your record, you can beat that. Yeah. He, um, he did mention like afterwards he couldn't talk. Like he'd lost his voice from doing it. Yeah, I wonder after talking for 36 hours straight. But I mean, there's two of us, right? So that's only half the time. And I mean, for you, that's only like six hours because I just babble on and on and on. Yeah. <laughs> 
I reckon we could beat that. Is that still a, a live thing? Although it, they said it was a live podcast. Well, we could do that. Does it have to be yeah, longest recorded? Yeah, because I tried recorded. Did the, maybe the top one? The oh. Longest podcast. Oh, that said record. So I think it is just the same thing of like you have to do. I think that we could totally easily do that. Let's just do a 37 hour podcast. We, well, we've already done what a couple of minutes now. So they <laughs> just want to keep going tonight. What, what are you doing for the next like day or so? Oh, man, I got like work and gigs. Yeah, sorry. This is a terrible time to start a world record but we could totally beat that would anyone care if we did it i always think that that? that's actually kind of funny in a way of being someone who nobody actually cares who you were because one i wanted to look at was i remember eminem took the record for the most lyrics set in a rap song and i was like well if i could find the parameters and beat that and just write some shitty rap song but it just is the most words said in the short amount of time then you know technically i could take the record and it would be like the rapping record record is taken by some dude called Ben Graw who's not even a fucking rapper. I think you still have to be a recorded artist. You know what I mean? Like, there's still a level you have to get to because I know that fastest rapper in the world, there was, like, three Lebanese Australian guys who were all in the running for it. Like, they were all very big on that. Didn't make him famous outside of their hip-hop community. No, but we could be on this when people Google, like, what's the longest Longest. podcast. We could be, like, you know, wiki review Mm -hmm. with 37 hours. We could do this. I mean, we could honestly just do list of lists of lists again. Ha! And just keep going. I mean, we could just go, all right, we're going to actually do all the Wikipedia pages, right? Yeah, that would be the thing. What would be the Wikipedia page we would talk about for 36 hours? Uh, Well, if Black Mirror comes out with another season, that might do it. I know, right? You know, as much as I feel we could do this, after doing... What did it end up being? Two and a half hours? After doing that, I felt pretty sick. (laughs) I was pretty tired. But if we psyched ourselves up, can you stay awake for 36 hours? Fuck yeah, I can do this. I reckon I can do this. It seems achievable. Like, 36 doesn't even seem that big and like how much do we have to beat it by if we did like 36 hours and one minute are we technically the winner I or guess do they so. want like round hours for it to be like, like better yeah, can we do 36 and a half this is how we clench it right we do 36 hour podcast then once we hit the 36 hour mark just to make sure we're over we go now we've got to rate this page that's at least another three hours but this is also like a weird technicality thing of if I got like all the episodes and just launched that as one podcast yeah every episode of wiki review i, I think guess, that's why it has to be live yeah it has to be a live podcast which means we'd have to like be transmitting it live while we do it to make the record uh, count can we do that do you know how to do that i have an idea how i might do that okay because i was gonna say if we get to the end of 37 hours of recording and then you're like all right i just gotta save it oh it crashed we gotta do it again i would kill you oh that is gonna be an insanely large file i didn't even think about that yeah you, you might have to compress it to move it around I thought it's audio. How bad can it be? Sometimes your computer can't handle like an hour. <laughs> it makes weird noises sometimes. You guys should know that like we do it as best we can, but this is a very rickety system we have. It's a wing and a prayer we work on. I don't know. I'll look into this about what we got to do and we'll we'll do a record podcast. Hell yeah, we could do that. I don't see why we couldn't. And 36 hours, if we start on like a Friday afternoon, mm. I can back at work on Monday. That's true. You could spend your whole weekend on this couch. Just talking nonstop on this couch. Oh, the middle of the day. 
no aircon. What is the technicality on this? If like, if we're trying to get the record, could there be the Garth hour where I go and take a nap and then after I wake up from my nap, I come back and it's the Ben hour where you go and take a nap. Like, is that still technically it? Or do we both have to be here the whole time? It says podcast. So as long as it's a podcast and I get the feeling that these people who did the longest podcast in the world, I already hate them because they have the record. I'm going to assume that it's just like a round robin of people going around. Like no one sat there for 36 hours doing a podcast. It's probably like a team of 80 people all doing like an hour each coming in and out. Like, oh, I'm going to go away now. Like, no, we're going to do this hardcore. Two people, one microphone, 38 hours. You're going up to 38 hours now. I said 37. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. That last hour is going to kill me. <laughs> Does it still count if it's live and we both fall asleep? Probably so not. So we're still transmitting. Right? I think that's the challenge. you got to stay awake. Is that what these people did? Like, they just fell asleep when they were live streaming? Or did they, like, forget it was on and leave the room? And you just hear a TV in the background for a good seven hours? That's a little thing. Like, I don't even like any podcast that I listen to enough that if they release a 36-hour episode, I'd be in. Well, you can listen to it in bits, you know what I mean? That, that's a lot, though. I just feel that maybe after four hours, our content may not be the best. At that point, we're just technically going for the record. If we go longer than two hours, we've discovered we start to get a bit sloppy and tired and cranky, I think is probably the best way to describe it. When we don't have our naps, we get cranky. Oh my God. This, I reckon it will have this thing where the podcast will start awesome. Then it will start going down and getting worse, but then it will hit a point where it will come back around and become good again. And then there'll be the end where we're like really cranky and that's where it will be the best, best. it is. Because at first it'll be, look at us, we're doing our job well. Then it'll be, oh, they're starting to teeter off. And then it will be, look, they're getting a little annoyed. And then they're loopy. <laughs> they're losing their mind. Oh, this is actually getting funny. And then we'll start attacking the crap out of each other. We'll just be narky and it'll be fun to listen to because it's just two people being tortured. Oh my God. Hour 30 on will just be like crazy genius. <laughs> and we will have to listen to the recordings because I don't think we will remember it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. We did a whole two hours about elephant ears. I don't remember anything about elephants, let alone their ears. Because who are these people who did it? Because I want to see how many people they've got mm. on. So Click on it. Is it actually called The Longest Podcast in the World? They did a podcast called The Longest Podcast in the World. Released it hour by hour oh with my. different people. Oh, no, that's cheating. We're going to kick these guys' asses, man. If, they if this technically counts. No way. I'm going to release our 36 hours as one huge fucking file. One big file. You download that before before you start. Oh yeah, yeah. It's totally undigestible. It will fucking weigh down your iTunes library. Yeah, you better wipe your phone clean before you even put it on. Yeah, you'll have to delete everything on your phone just to listen to this file. Like the calculator needs to be deleted. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm for this. I reckon we just do it as obnoxiously as possible. Or do these guys technically raise it every hour every time they release a fucking episode? I think they did a 36 hour live podcast and then they released released it as hour intervals. But my big deal is that it's a new person every hour. That doesn't count. You guys suck. I want to contact Guinness and say, look, this isn't real. That's wrong. We're going to do it. Let us do it. Because do we have to have a video element to ours if in order for it to work? The podcasts need to have videos? Um, it's supposed to prove something?
something maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'll set up a camera here. See if we can live stream. But what about the kids who play the video games? I guess it's not a podcast. Oh, why not? Because it's different. I don't know. Because I know that a dude completed a whole video game that took like 20 hours to do or something. He did it all in one go and he took his time and stuff. Longest live stream is 161 hours, 11 minutes and 32 seconds. Not even tempted to beat that by like one second. That's horrible. I feel like the podcast one is kind of a, a cop out now. That's why I'm for it. That's why I think 36 hours is quite doable. 161 hours live streaming. Is that just to, someone left it on? It would have to. Like they would have to sleep in that time because how many days is that? That's six days. Hi. They basically made it nearly a week because it's 6.7 days. Are you interested in sitting here for a week? No, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't. I'm telling you right now, unless live stream includes naps, I can't do it. You'll have to call in sick and not to do it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the live stream will be me calling my boss to say I can't make it. Oh. In fact, several portions, because there'll be at least five times in the recording where I'll be like, can't make it in, boss. Do I wonder what the rules are with that? Like, could I just have my phone constantly streaming? I'm going for the world record. I'm not going to do anything interesting. I'm just going to have my phone streaming. Longest live stream video. That's what they're saying. So so technically, I reckon so. There has to be probably something more to it. What if I just attached a GoPro to my cat and permanently had that streaming? <laughs> See, there you go. Cat life. Why does that not count? That should count. Because I would assume that like with the live stream that there would be people who've done it for years or something like that. They've just turned it on and never turned it off. Like making a point of, yeah, I'm constantly on the air. Nah, because you can Google what a beach looks like to check out the waves on certain beaches. At any point, there's a live video footage of that beach. So technically... They're always on. Doesn't that count? That's a video. That's live streaming. That is true. That's round the clock. It doesn't count because it never ends. That's the technicality, I guess. When it's over, then they can apply. I think we're getting to the end of the episode. We might have to rate this page. All right. So what would you rate the page for? I would rate Apo- it. Pot- Hold on, I'm going to say this. Adipocher. Adipocher? Adipocher. One of those or none of the above. I rated a butt plug out of a possible live stream because my gosh, that was a wild ride we just took. I'm really psyched about this uh, longest podcast thing. I think that's doable. I want to know the finite details because I really think we can beat that. I don't really remember anything else because I'm stuck on this now. <laughs> we will talk about it. We, we'll get into more depth off mic. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the reality of the, the situation. The logistics. Afterwards where I get off and go, that was clearly a bit. We are so not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing that. Yeah, we probably will. <laughs> Alright, but uh, what did you think, Ben? Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll rate it out of 36. No, I will rate it out of 37 because that's the goal. Was the goal 38? Um, well, you said 37. I'm, Let's go 37. I was shooting for the sun. Yeah, there's no way. I'm like, I flew too close like Icarus. Yeah, I'd give this a 20 out of... 37. Fair enough. Yeah, it was an all right page. And yeah, I'm also distracted by this longest record. Not the one week live stream one. That's stupid. But the 36 hours of like doing a podcast. Yeah, finding out what the podcast is that we have to do and then just go from there. Cool. Let's break a record. Let's go break a record. Hey, if you guys want to like have an opinion, if you have an idea for what we could do for longest podcast, let us know if you have a really good place with air conditioning we could be in. Oh, that would be lovely. Although it'd probably be funny if we sit in this hell hot pit through summer because we'll get cranky 
very quickly. I know the the one we will do for our longest one. Yeah. Although we have done The Simpsons, <gasps> there is a page that is a list of every Simpsons episode. We do what we did with Black Mirror, but we oh. do it with The Simpsons. And we just go. So all we start do- at episode one and we talk about every single Simpsons episode that has ever existed. Oh my God. And we're I hit 37 hours and be like, all right, we're up to season 12. So we're going to have to do a part two. two. Yes. <laughs> no doubt. That is perfect. We can do that. Um, and all we do is just describe our favorite parts of every... Yes. That's the easiest thing in the world to do. You know, when like your whole life seems meaningless and all you do is take in useless facts and people go, when's that ever going to be handy? I have a Simpsons quote for anything. So what? You're useless. And then something comes along and suddenly your entire life makes sense. This is the moment, dude. This is why we met. This is why we live like that. This is why I've been confused every day of my life until this moment. Now I know why I was put on this earth. And that is to break the podcast. It actually sounds really stupid now that I think of that. That's what my life's been amounting to. Five years ago, you didn't even know what a podcast was. Yeah, exactly. It had to be given to me in like steps. (laughs) I had to be brokered into it. Oh, well, that's about it for this episode. Other than that, we just got to plug the usual things. The Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook. Humidor.com.au. Hey, you got it. Awesome. Uh-huh. I was listening. <laughs> uh-huh. oh, what's the email? Wikireviewpodcast at gmail.com. Wicked. <laughs> and find us on Facebook and say hello or whatever you want. Oh, and rate us. That's, that's a thing we always forget to say. Five stars, please, on whatever thing that you can rate it on. Yeah, and check out our friends in the show notes too. There are links there. DJ Searle and our buddy Brendan who draws the artwork for us. We'll get a link to his other work that he does as well. Yes. So definitely check those out. They're in the show notes. They're very cool. You got to check them out. Other than that, I've been Ben Grohl. I've been Garth Remington. And we'll catch you on the next Wiki Review. Find Humidor on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and at humidor.com.au. Theme is I Live for the Bass Drum by DJ Searle. All other music by Matt Graw.